I think that the most valuable single type of content that you can create for your social platforms is video. Without a doubt, video is the most powerful tool that we have or most powerful digital asset that we have because video is so darned persuasive. It's a fast track to engagement. The, we can convey so much information in video and we have such a comfort consuming video. Plus the fact that our devices now are so well designed to consume video. Think about your phone for a minute. Think about your smartphone. It sucks for reading text. It's narrow, it's small, it only has a little bit of text on it. But turn a phone on the side and start playing a video and you've got your own personal video monitor which is amazing to hold in the palm of your hand. Yes, video is amazing but all video is not created equal. We have to recognize the strengths of different styles of video and also different social platforms, how they deliver video to us, what the audience is intending and what their state of mind is as they consume video on those platforms. It gets a little bit sophisticated, but I think today I can open your eyes to the potential of video and understand where you should be spending your energy creating video for your social platforms. We have high expectations today on Grey Matters. Steve Dotto here. How the heck are you doing this fine day? Welcome to Gray Matters, the podcast for those of us in the gray zone. What is the gray zone? Primarily baby boomers and Gen X, those of us sporting a touch of gray. We're interested in finding our place in the digital age. On this podcast, we will learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, all from our perspective. The world's changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore. We're facing the prospect of a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need a side hustle to take our experience and put it to work for us. We need to develop mad skills, adapt, and evolve in order to remain relevant in the digital age. I can help. This podcast can help. I'm glad you found us. I have spent my entire professional career creating video from my TV show days to now creating my YouTube channel and building my YouTube channel is the heart of building my social community. I am a huge fan of video, but I recognize that there's a lot of confusion as to video because we tend to look at video as a just as, as a statement. Oh, you create video for social platforms, but there's not a lot of diving deep in understanding the subtleties of the type of video and the application of video. You know, you know, we don't tell people, you know, what you really should be sharing is words. You should be sharing words. You should be posting words because we recognize that words are the building blocks of communication. Video is the same. Think about words for a second. Words on a page, words on a screen can be delivered and can serve so many different purposes. From a tweet, a tweet to a recipe, to a set of instructions, to a social post, words convey our ideas, our concepts in a variety of different ways. And the format that words are consumed in that determines their use case. You know, a recipe written out on a piece of paper to help you cook is very different than a contract that you sign. Yet on the surface, they look very similar. They're just words on paper. Video is the same. Video that we deliver on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram is all very, very different. In, in live versus recorded is also very different. So today I want to share with you and kind of dive into what social video is, what video design for social platforms is, and give you an understanding of, of the different use cases and, and maybe open your eyes as to the type of video that you can be creating, that you should be concentrating on 
for your community. So when I say the word social video, that's all the video that you see on YouTube, on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, or the new TikTok, all of these platforms, that is where social video is delivered. And it can be used for everything from ed entertainment to edutainment, to brand building, to tutorials, training, vlogging, live events and streaming. So we can have community events, we can have webinars. Video can be used for all of those different purposes, but it's not all created equal. As I said, right off the top, when we look at words, all words are not created equal and delivered equal. All video is not created equal. You have to consider all of the different subtle aspects of how video is created, crafted, and delivered, and the mechanism that we use to deliver them in order to understand where their value is. And, and I think probably the best way that I can kind of really create a good level of understanding with you on this is just by a quick look at the biggest two social video platforms there are, YouTube and Facebook. And while you might create a video that you think would live happily in both YouTube and Facebook, those two platforms are as different as can be. So let's just talk about a recorded video. Let's say you record a video, uh, any pre-recorded video, a tutorial of some sort. If you serve that video on YouTube, this is what the audience, this is what your community is going to experience in consuming that video. Typically speaking, when they go to consume the video, they've come to it with intent. They have searched for it because YouTube at its core is not so much a content delivery mechanism, but it is a search engine. It's the second largest search engine in the world. So people come looking to do something. They do a search on video. Think about your own life experience. When you're looking how to do something, typically speaking, you'll do a search on Google or you'll do a search on YouTube. And when you do a search on YouTube to learn how to do something, what is your mindset when you start watching that video? Or if you're looking to be entertained or informed, what is your mindset? Your mindset is one of expectation. You've come with the intent to learn or to be edified in some way by that video. So you have expectations going in. So you're going to be looking at it with a critical eye, but also with an open heart because you've searched it, you've clicked on it, you've opened it with intent. Now let's look at the exact same scenario, except let's go to Facebook. What was your intent when you went to Facebook in the first place? It probably wasn't to learn how to tie a square knot. No. It was probably to avoid your responsibility of the work you're doing or to see what's happening in the world, to be entertained a little bit or enraged or something else. But Facebook is a place that you've gone and video has been served to you in the feed. It's feed-based video, which means that as you're scrolling through all of the updates from all of your friends, a video is going to interrupt that flow. It is interruptive video. Now, that's not to say that the content might not be valuable, but you did not go looking for that. That is a profoundly important concept to understand. Let me say again, it's interrupting what you are doing. So if it's a skiing squirrel that you find mildly entertaining, you might not mind that interruption. But if you see a video coming through your feed on how to tie a square knot, you're going to be going, what the heck is this? I'm not interested in square knots. Why am I being fed a video on square knots? Whereas that same video on YouTube, if you've gone searching for square knots, is the bee's knees. I can't believe I said bee's knees. It is so valuable to us because it teaches us exactly what we want to know. This is the big difference. The exact same video served in two different platforms will have two entirely different levels of acceptance from a community. So you have to understand what video is intended for 
what the audience is before you determine the type of video that you create and the channel you share it on. Now this is exacerbated when we start talking about the concept of live streaming versus pre-recorded as well because live streaming video has an entirely different value case than does pre-recorded. So let's just let's just look at that for a second. Pre-recorded video, video that I can record is fantastic for entertainment for especially for tutorial or training or learning purposes where you can structure a piece of content uh, where you teach something or you or, or you open people's eyes to some idea concept or technique for doing things whereas live streaming typically speaking isn't going to be as great for doing that tutorial content because you can't compress it you can't control it but what it does give is tremendous intimacy and backstage access. If you're streaming live, you're basically in real time, so it's a much more human to human connection and it's conversational and it's a shared moment experienced by your community and yourself. So there's a whole different value that's in a very different space with live streaming as opposed to pre-recorded. So when we mash this entire, this entire group of different concepts together, where we look at interruptional, versus intentional video, intimate versus what would we say programmatic? What's the best way to talk about the structural content that we create in a pre-recorded video? But when you pull all those different pieces together, you start to recognize the format of the video that you create is going to be received very differently. Then we layer on top of that the platform. What are people doing when they're on Instagram? What are people doing when they're on Facebook? What are they looking for? What's their intent when they are there? And how is that video going to be accepted? This is one of the reasons I'm such a big fan of YouTube. It's because YouTube is the easiest to understand. You know the mindset of people when they come to YouTube right away. They're looking for something. They're looking for something. And if you give them what they're looking for, that your relationship with YouTube and your relationship with that fan base or that community base of people viewing your video is entrenched and very easy to comprehend and understand. I'm going to teach you how to use Gmail. I'm going to create a video on that. I'm going to post it. You're going to find that video. The people that are subscribed to my channel are going to find it. They're going to find value in it. They're going to comment on it. YouTube is going to recognize that people are watching that video for a long time. They're getting good value out of it. They're commenting on it. So they, YouTube recognizes that it's serving exactly what it says it's going to serve. And then YouTube starts suggesting that video to others who are looking for information about Gmail. And that is how it then works as a discovery engine to help grow my community. That is a very, I think, very simple, very clear relationship between content creator YouTube and content consumer. We play very comfortable roles in those environments. It gets far muddier when we start talking about Facebook and streaming video because the goals and objectives are not quite as clearly defined when we create that content. When I think about streaming video, other than in a webinar type format where it's pre-planned and it's been pre-designed, I think the most powerful aspects of streaming video, uh, especially on Facebook, but also on YouTube and Instagram, is uh, the fast track that it provides to building a relationship. The fact that in real time, as a shared experience, we can have a conversation with somebody, we can be broadcasting to a community, we can be replying to their comments. I think that that is just such a powerful and engaging feature. But the challenge is, is what is the type of content going to be 
How is it going to resonate with the community and how is that going to be valuable to the community? So that's where the art comes in. We see some, some content creators do a terrific job. And typically speaking, those ones that do a great job return to the same themes over and over again and are slowly moving the ball downfield with their community as they educate them on whatever their core competency is. I think that one of the biggest negatives that you can do when you're doing social video is you can just look at it as a social engagement as opposed to a content engagement, if this makes sense, I hope it does, where people just say, I'm not doing anything. I think I will go on Facebook and hopefully a lot of people will see me and they will like me and we'll see where the content takes us. So you don't have an agenda as you start broadcasting. And it's just like, look at me. Aren't I amazing that I'm posting here and sharing with you and everybody who likes me, please give me lots of thumbs up and lots of loves and lots of hearts so that I can feel like I'm feel justified, I guess, as you, as you post, that's the siren song of streaming video is looking for affirmation, looking for encouragement, but not really having a content message that you have planned. Now, there are some other aspects of video that I think is worth exploring. And one is the generational comfort that we have with video. Video is a format that all current living generations really feel comfortable with. Now, baby boomers and Gen X, we don't necessarily feel comfortable creating video as much as younger generations because it's a fairly new phenomenon that we have video accessible on our smartphone where we can just, anybody can just record a video without the need of purchasing expensive gear and setup and all of those sorts of things. The technology has become very accessible, but the format, the fact that we grew up watching television, we are incredibly comfortable. Every living generation is incredibly comfortable communicating in video and video has so many layers attached as far as being an excellent communication metaphor. The fact that we can see somebody's face, hear their voice, the, the energy, the expression on their face as they're communicating, all of that makes it a fast track to building a relationship, which is so important in the social marketing space. If we think about what this podcast is about, helping people re-engineer and redesign their lives using social platforms to help build the business, finding a community, finding customers who are willing to trust you and build a relationship with you, that's the essence of what I'm trying to teach here really in Gray Matters. And I can't think of a faster way to build that relationship than through video because it engenders trust because you learn to like and trust individuals who you see them present. As human beings, we use every tool at our fingertips in order to help decide whether we like or appreciate a, an individual that's communicating with us. The more senses that we can bring to bear, the easier it is for us to understand whether or not this is somebody who we like, we trust, and we want to have a relationship with. So video is a fast track to building relationships. There's also the fact that our movement to mobile, our migration to a mobile environment is exploding the value of video. Think about your smartphone. Think about how, what a great tool it is for reading text. It's okay for reading text, but it's not the most comfortable reading environment, is it? But now think about your smartphone for watching video. Oh my gosh, turn a phone on its side and you have a personal video player in the palm of your hand that is an amazing, amazing step forward in the use of technology. Reading on a phone is just a step removed from a notebook, but watching video on your phone, that is light years ahead of anything that we imagined as we were growing up, isn't it? And 
we have now this wonderful opportunity to be able to communicate with people in the palm of our hand and it adds an extra level of intimacy because there's something very profound and powerful about holding somebody in the palm of your hand while they're talking to you. Now, I, 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 I haven't ever seen any reports on this. This may be just me spitballing, but I believe that one of the powerful aspects of online video and the one of the reasons it's growing so fast is that the fact that people are watching it while they're holding it in their hands. Again, engendering more trust, engendering a, a fast track to relationship building. So there is that aspect. I think we can, even if, even if my, my theory is a bit pie in the sky, the accessibility of mobile video has really helped to accelerate its growth. Another reason video is incredibly powerful is the fact that it's persistent and repurposable. If you look at YouTube, video hosted on YouTube is persistent. People can search for it, they can find it again, and new people can discover a video all the time, especially valuable videos that are well indexed for search that YouTube recognizes are valuable, that it serves to new people because new people are every day, somebody's looking to learn how to tie a square knot. So there's new audience brought to the game every single day. And you can take that video and it can be repurposed into a variety of different applications as well. You can use the video that you create for YouTube in a presentation or in a blog post. There are other places that it can be used. Now, that's one of the challenges that often I think people think of repurposing as taking a video on YouTube and then repurposing it on Facebook. I don't see it that way. I see repurposing as using it in another entire kind of genre as opposed to on another social platform. But there is that aspect to it as well. So when we look at all of these different aspects, I got a question for you. What's stopping you at this point from engaging more in video? And I don't think it really matters where you are in the reinvention or the understanding what you can do as far as social marketing and building an online community and reinventing yourself for the online space. Getting more comfortable with delivering video is a valuable process to go through. So I can tell you from presenting this content multiple times in conferences and in different speaking engagements that it comes down to three things. That's stopping people from creating more video. First of all is the technology. Second is the amount of time it creates. And third, and most importantly, are insecurities, people's insecurities. And that becomes even more exacerbated when we talk about generational video, when we talk about millennials creating video versus baby boomers creating video. But let's start with the tech. And it should be a it shouldn't really be an issue anymore. Your smartphone you can create amazing video with just a smartphone. And if you want to step up the game and you want to buy a, a DSLR and record video or use a webcam the way that I create most of my videos for YouTube, there's lots of ways to make the technology work and it doesn't require a big investment and you can start with technology you already have in place. As a matter of fact, I'm going to point you towards I'm going to put in the show notes a link to a little mini course that I created called How I Create Video in Less Time than writing a blog. And it's just basically my video creation technique that we use to create most of our videos for YouTube. But it sounds way more complex than it is. I think if you take a half an hour, go through that mini course, you will learn exactly what I'm talking about. You will see how easy it is to create video. And it, a big part of it is not just the hardware, but it's also the how easy to use the editing software has become. So I'm going to post those in the show notes. And you can always find the show notes for all of our 
vlogs or all of our vlogs, all of our podcasts by going to dototech.com forward slash gray 13. This is the 13th episode of gray matters. It'll be dototech.com forward slash gray 13. And that's G R E Y. So you can find the links there. So you can down so you can uh, participate in this free mini course that I created. So the technology should be something that you can overcome pretty quickly. It takes less time than you believe. And again, that little mini course that I just talked about can show you that I can actually, not I can actually, I know that I create content more quickly for video than writing a similar blog post. Now that's partially my own technique and my own style and what I'm most comfortable in, but it doesn't, it isn't the time consuming uh, undertaking that video used to be. And also our expectations as far as what's delivered in video is also lowered. As long as you have good quality audio with reasonable quality video, you are in good shape. If the content is good, you got to make sure the audio is good though. That's one thing is people have far more sensitive ears than they have eyes. So if it's poor quality audio, that's going to really hurt you as far as, as, as far as having people stay and listen to the content. The other one, the third thing that stops a lot of people from engaging in online video is the most challenging to overcome. And that's dealing with people's insecurities. And it's, it's a tough one for me to say, because I've always been so comfortable on camera. I've just never, it's just never bothered me. I have a background in theater. And so that's a real big leg up, but baby boomers, especially because we think of video as almost uh, like this mountain that has to be climbed. We see way more intrinsic value in video than we do than, than probably other generations because we have not historically been video creators. We've been video consumers. So anybody, so the fact of the matter is we've always had a much larger audience of consumers than creators, whereas that is starting to equalize a lot. Everybody now creates little videos. And so it becomes less and less of a, of an amazing thing when you create a video. By and large, I think that one of the things that I, but the one thing that I would like to share with you is giving you perspective on judging yourself versus judging others when you watch video. Here's the deal. When we create video, we are very self-conscious and we think people are judging us for everything we do. And when you make a little mistake, you think it's just exacerbated and people are just going to laugh at your mistake and you really feel embarrassed and you got to make it perfect. You've got to look perfect and you've got to make it perfect when you create video and nothing could be farther from the truth. We think that our community judges us yet when we're in the community, we aren't judgmental. We're empathetic. When people make a mistake on stage or in video, it only bothers you if the person that created the mistake is bothered. If they stumble over a word or they misspeak or they, they do something, they, they just make a mistake somehow. If they are obviously shaken and embarrassed by it, then you become empathetic and you become uncomfortable as a result. And that's what creates that negative energy. People don't judge, typically speaking in video. Now you do get the odd bozo that's going to post and be mean. And that's just the nature of social media. But it doesn't matter if it's a written post, it's a photo or it's a video. There's going to be people that are jackasses that are going to be mean to you. And that's just something that you have to overcome. But your core community, the people you care about, when they watch you, they're empathetic and they want to learn what it is you are teaching or want to consume what it is you are sharing. You have to give yourself the same grace as you give others. You have to think about you. If you are watching me do a video and I make a mistake, or even in this podcast, when I bobble over words and stumble over words, it doesn't bother you at all. 
But if you were to record the exact same piece as I just did, and you were to make the exact same mistake as I just did, it would bother you to deliver that. And you need to overcome that. And you need to look at yourself and give yourself the same grace as you give me. If you can get to that point where you recognize that your audience is empathetic towards you, it creates a whole different level of engagement with your audience and comfort with you creating content. And it removes that responsibility of being perfect. And all of a sudden, the floodgates open as far as giving you an opportunity to create more video. I'm very passionate about this. It drives me crazy that people are so hard on themselves and so easy on others. So think about that. I know it's going to take time. I know it takes time for people to kind of come to terms with the fact that they are going to present video in which they appear less than perfect. But at the end of the day, that's what's going to be a key to growth. And video is so darn important that if you are going to be doing any online content creation and you can get comfortable with doing video, you're going to be so far ahead in the, in, 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 as far as your content creation strategy, uh, that it's just worth it. It's worth overcoming those insecurities, which I know on one level, you're going right on Steve. I absolutely get what you're saying. You are so right. But then when you think about yourself, but there's always going to be a, but, and, you know, <laughs> you're going to say, but I still don't feel comfortable doing it, but I have to be perfect, but I don't, but I, it, it doesn't work for me yet. Make it work for you. Post something with mistakes, learn that it's okay, and let and let your let your community support you the way that you support me and that way that you support others. The sooner you develop your video chops, the farther ahead you're gonna be in building a platform that's gonna be effective for you in social. As I said right off the top of today's podcast, I don't think that there's a more effective social media type than video. It is the most valuable digital asset that you can create. And every skill that you develop in creating online video is going to be a skill and a tool that you can use over and over again as you build out whatever your business is going to look like in the social space. Now, before we wrap things up, a few favors to ask and a little bit of administration. First of all, I would love to hear back from you as far as comments and especially suggestions on what you'd like to see in upcoming episodes. Now, the best place to leave those suggestions is at the Dottotech site. Just visit any of the Gray Matters podcast pages, and there we've got a comments area right down beneath the blog post itself. So just leave your comments there. I read each and every one. That's the best place to communicate with us. And if you are enjoying this podcast, if you think that it's worthwhile, please give us a star rating on your podcast delivery platform of choice. And if you are so inclined, a review would be awesome. We are going to grow primarily virally through word of mouth and you are the mouths that we need to grow through so offering some sharing of, a, of the podcast and also letting your friends know other people who may be in the gray zone themselves that would also help us in as we uh, try and grow this podcast into something significant for our generation till next time i'm steve dotto have fun storming a castle <laughs>